This is ARN. Decidedly Christian, distinctly biblical, and just a little bit nuts. This is Squirrel Chatter. And welcome to the Piney Woods, ladies and gentlemen. I am your Squirrel, the host. Coming to you from the ARN studios, high atop the tallest tree in the Piney Woods. Good to have you with us. It is Tuesday, the 6th day of February 2024. Hope you're having a great Tuesday morning. I have determined that I am craving biscuits and gravy. So when I am finished with the podcast this morning, I'm going to see if I can entice my wife, the dear and lovely Mrs. Squirrel, to go to Jasper's restaurant for biscuits and gravy this morning. She won't have biscuits and gravy. She'll have pancakes, but I'll have biscuits and gravy. And they have good biscuits and gravy. So if you are ever traveling through western Montana on Interstate 90 and you come to the little hamlet of St. Regis, and it's before 11 o'clock because they stop serving breakfast at 11, um, I highly recommend Jasper's Restaurant, which is the restaurant side of the Talking Bird Saloon. So the there is a, a an actual bird in the in the saloon part that uh, does indeed talk um, and and make other other interesting noises. Uh, I have more than once heard squawking from the other other side of the building, and uh, said to Mrs. Squirrel, "The bird is awake because <laughs> it's evident." This is Squirrel Chatter, a podcast dedicated to scripture, theology, history, current events, and whatever else I want to talk about. We webcast every Monday through Friday at 7.30 a.m. Mountain on Twitter, Facebook, and Rumble. And then the audio podcast is available for download wherever you find fine podcasts. Squirrel Chatter is a proud member of the Christian Podcast Community. Head on over to ChristianPodcastCommunity.com. You will be certain to find something worth listening to. Oh. How you doing? Hope you're having a good day. I got a good night's sleep last night. I hope you did too. Um, let's see if there's anything before we get into our uh, our event of the morning. Um, probably save this for the next Monday meandering, but I got to tell you, I just heard a frightening AI voice thing where I, uh, it was on the radio where um, the host of the show played a segment of, well, on the radio, it was on a podcast. The host of the show um, played a segment um, that was AI, and he said at the beginning, this next is an AI rendition of my voice. And then at the end, he said, okay, back to real, Brian. So the, the AI section, I was absolutely convinced. If you had played that for me and told me it was him, and not a computer, I'd have believed it. And uh, so it is It is frightening. And I know I've seen, you know, AI created pictures that you can't tell from, from a photograph. It's getting frighteningly good to do these quote-unquote deep fakes. And that is something we're going to need to be aware of. Um, I know, I mean, six months ago, somebody did a deep fake of James White saying something. 
and there was something off on it. You could just tell it wasn't quite right. But now, just six months later, I'm hearing stuff that you can't tell from the person that, that this could be somebody actually saying this. And that is, you know, it's, it's reaching the point where you can't believe your own eyes. This uh, podcast, it's, it's the right report. It's a daily, Monday through Friday, daily news, news and opinion piece that I listen to every morning. Um, uh, pretty good stuff. I recommend it. He, uh, he, he, after playing that snippet of, of uh, his voice from the AI computer, he played, or he, he read a couple of news stories one, um, of deep fakes being played about politicians, where audio of politician X leaks saying all sorts of vile stuff. And, you know, it's two or three days before the election, and it turns out he never said it. It wasn't him. So we're looking at a, uh, a definite issue here with, I mean, you talk about bearing false witness. When you can make somebody else's voice say something. I mean, imagine, you know, if you were going after, you know, if, if I mean, okay, let's, let's put it this way. What would Julie Roy's do with an audio recording of John MacArthur in some profanity-laced tirade about something? Think about that. And it's something he never said. It's something that was created from a computer. All they need is a good voice sample. There's 36,000 or 3,600 uh, John MacArthur's sermons at Grace to You that could be downloaded and fed into an AI. Do you think that a good AI service couldn't replicate John MacArthur's voice convincingly? Absolutely. And then all you have to do is type up a script and it reads it in John MacArthur's voice and you have a recording of John MacArthur saying whatever you want. What would Julie Roy's do with that? That's a scary thing. That's a scary thing. And if you don't know who Julie Roy's is, count your blessings. Don't Google her. All right. What do we got coming up today? We have our scripture reading from the Legacy Standard Bible. We have prayers from the Book of Common Prayer. We have a reading from John MacArthur's Daily Readings from the Life of Christ. And our study Bible level Bible study of Deuteronomy continues. We are in Deuteronomy 28 today. And uh, the blessings and the cursings and... Uh, I find this to be one of the most interesting sections of Deuteronomy, and we'll get into that. Mm. Coffee, gotta love it. Yes, I am again using the What's Wrong With You People RC Sproul mug that I used yesterday. I do usually use the same coffee mug for two or three days. I'll drink out of it, rinse it out, set it next to the coffee pot, use it again tomorrow. I mean, it's just had coffee in it. It's not like it's filthy. I actually kind of use the same coffee cup until I'm bored with it <laughs> and want to see a different picture or something. All right. Let us begin. Excuse me. I don't know why, but I've got, a, I, I feel fine, but I've got, I've got some, uh, 
some frogginess in my throat. So I will keep my hand near the cough button and use as needed. All right. Let us begin, as is our practice, with the Prayer of Confession from the 2019 Book of Common Prayer. Almighty and most merciful Father, we have erred and strayed from your ways like lost sheep. We have followed too much the devices and desires of our own hearts. We have offended against your holy laws. We have left undone those things which we ought to have done, and we have done those things which we ought not to have done. And apart from your grace, there is no health in us. O Lord, have mercy upon us. Spare all those who confess their faults. Restore all those who are penitent, according to your promises declared to all people in Christ Jesus our Lord. And grant, O most merciful Father, for his sake, that we may now live a godly, righteous, and sober life, to the glory of your holy name. Amen. Grant to your faithful people, merciful Lord, pardon and peace, that we may be cleansed from all our sins, and serve you with a quiet mind, through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And now our prayer for the reading of the word. Blessed Lord, who caused all holy scriptures to be written for our learning, grant us so to hear them, read, mark, learn, and inwardly digest them, that by patience and the comfort of your holy word we may embrace and ever hold fast the blessed hope of everlasting life which you have given us in our Savior, Jesus Christ who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. Our scripture reading today is Genesis 39 and Psalm 39. Genesis 39. Now Joseph was brought down to Egypt, and Potiphar, an Egyptian official of Pharaoh, the captain of the bodyguard, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had brought him down, who had brought him down there. And Yahweh was with Joseph, so he became a successful man. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Now his master saw that Yahweh was with him and how Yahweh caused all that he did to succeed in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and attended on him. And he appointed him overseer over his house, and all that he owned he gave into his hand. Now it happened that from the time he appointed him overseer in his house and over all that he owned, Yahweh blessed the Egyptian's house on account of Joseph. Thus the blessing of Yahweh was upon all that he owned in the house and in the field. So he left everything he owned in Joseph's hand, and with him there did not and with him there he, there he did not concern himself with anything except the food which he ate. Now Joseph was beautiful in form and beautiful in appearance. And it happened after these events that his master's wife set her eyes on Joseph and said, Lie with me. But he refused and said to his master's wife, Behold, with me here my master does not concern himself with anything in the house, and he has given me all that he owns into my, into my hand. There is no one greater in this house than I, and he has withheld nothing from me except you, because you are his wife. How then... Could I do this great evil and sin against God? So it happened that as she spoke to Joseph day after day, he did not listen to her to lie with, beside her or be with her. Now it happened one day that he went into the house to do his work, and none of the men of the household was there inside. Then she seized him by his garment, saying, Lie with me. And he left his garment in her hand and fled and went outside. 
Now it happened when she saw that he had left his garment in her hand and had fled outside, that she called to the men of her household and spoke to them, saying, See, he has brought this Hebrew in to laugh at us. He came in to me to lie with me, and I screamed. Now it happened that when he heard that I raised my voice and screamed, he left his garment beside me and fled and went outside. And she placed his garment beside her until his master came home. Then she spoke to him with these words, saying, The Hebrew slave whom you brought to us came in to me to laugh at me. And as I raised my voice and screamed, he left his garment beside me and fled outside. Now it happened that when his master heard the words of his wife, which she spoke to him, saying, This is what your slave did to me, his anger burned. So Joseph's master took him and put him into the jail, the place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in jail. But Yahweh was with Joseph and extended loving kindness to him and gave him favor in the sight of the chief jailer. So the chief jailer gave into the hand of Joseph all the prisoners who were in the jail, so that whatever was done there... He was the one who did it. The chief jailer did not supervise anything under Joseph's hand because Yahweh was with him, and whatever he did, Yahweh made to succeed. And now, Psalm 39. For the choir director, for Jeduthun, a psalm of David. I said, I will keep watch over my ways that I may not sin with my tongue. I will keep watch over my mouth as with a muzzle, while the wicked are in my presence. I was mute with silence. I even kept silent from speaking good, and my anguish grew grew worse. My heart was hot within me. While I meditated, the fire was burning. Then I spoke with my tongue. Yahweh caused me to know my end and what is the extent of my days. Let me know how transient I am. Behold, You have made my days as handbreadths, and my lifetime as nothing before you. Surely every man, even standing firm, is altogether vanity. Selah. Surely every man walks about as a shadow. Surely they make an uproar in vain. He piles up riches and does not know who will gather them. And now, Lord, what do I hope in? My expectation is in you. Deliver me from all my transgressions. Make me not the reproach of the wicked fool. I have become mute. I do not open my mouth, because it is you who have done it. Remove your plague from me, because of the opposition of your hand I am wasting away. With reproofs you chasten a man for iniquity. You consume as a moth what is precious to him. Surely every man is vanity. Selah. Hear my prayer, O Yahweh, and give ear to my cry for help. Do not be silent at my tears, for I am a sojourner with you, a foreign resident like all my fathers. Turn your gaze away from me that I may smile again before I go and am no more. This is the word of the Lord. And now our reading from John MacArthur's Daily Readings from the Life of Christ. Today's devotional is The Way to Life, Simple But Not Easy. And once again, we are in no ways in sync with the, uh, the uh, dates that are given for these devotionals. It's a 365-day devotional. We did not start it at the beginning of last, last year, and we uh, um, don't 
do it Saturday and Sunday. So we're just doing five days a week instead of seven. And consequently, we are on June 28th. So if you are following along with your own copy at home, today's devotion is the devotion for June 28th. I, I, I like to point that out from time to time, simply to uh, keep us in sync, as it were. Today's devotional is The Way to Life, Simple But Not Easy. For the gate is small and the way is narrow that leads to life, and there are few who find it. Matthew 7.14 Dr. MacArthur writes, God's way of salvation is remarkably simple, but it is not easy. Nothing we can give or give up can earn us entrance into the kingdom. But if we long to hold on to forbidden things, it can keep us out of the kingdom. Even though we can pay nothing for salvation, coming to Jesus Christ costs us everything we have. Jesus says, whoever does not carry his own cross and come after me cannot be my disciple, Luke 14, 27. The person who says yes to Christ must say no to the things of the world, because to be in Christ is to rely on his power rather than our own, and to be willing to forsake our own, our own way for his. It can cause persecution, ridicule, and tribulation. When we identify ourselves with Jesus Christ, we declare war on the devil, and he declares war on us. The one whom we formerly served now becomes our great enemy, and the ideas and ways we once held dear now become our great temptations and pitfalls. Along with warnings of sufferings, the Lord also gives us promises that our hearts will rejoice, John 16, 22, and that we are to take courage because he has overcome the world, John 16, 33. He promises to enable us to prevail over those times of suffering, not to escape them. Ask yourself, looking back, how have you experienced growth in your total dependence upon the Lord? Though we are often so hard on ourselves and perhaps weighed down with undue guilt, our hearts should rejoice to see the Spirit taking up residence in our attitudes and practices. Worship with this in mind today. I hope you're enjoying this devotional. I certainly am. All right, we are in Deuteronomy 28 as we resume our study Bible level Bible study. We are not going to get through all of 28 today. Indeed, it's a long chapter. Um, 28 and 29 are a unit. Actually, it began in 27, as we mentioned last week. But 28 and 29 are a very, very important unit. And uh, so we're looking at quite a few verses to get through. Um, let's see, chapter 28 has 68 verses. So we are not going to get through this in one go we may or may not finish 28 tomorrow. And I only say that so that you're prepared. Um, we're going to slow down a little bit because this is a this is a section, A, I have found fascinating as long as I've been seriously studying the Bible. And, and B, it's important for us. And it's a detailed section. Now, this is, um, again, the blessings and cursings. So beginning in verse 1, we have the blessings for keeping the commandments. And then in verse 15, we have the curses for not keeping the commandments. And it's a long, long section, 
with a lot of importance. And as I said last week, as we introdu introduced this uh, final address by Moses, this is an important prophetic passage because this isn't just Moses saying, if you keep the law, this will happen, and if you break the law, this will happen. It's when you keep the law, this will happen. When you break the law, this will happen. The blessings and the curses are prophetic. These are what have and will befall Israel. And I say will because I think they are still ongoing, and we'll talk about that in a little bit. All right. Chapter 28, Blessings for Keeping the Commandments. Now it will be, if you diligently listen to the voice of Yahweh your God, being careful to do all his commandments which I am commanding you today, Yahweh your God will set you high above all the nations of the earth, and all these blessings will come upon you and overtake you if you listen to the voice of Yahweh your God. So again, this is a conditional promise. Obey Yahweh, walk in his ways, and you will be blessed. And then we have the blessings um, that we see here. Now, the blessings and the curses of the covenant given back in Leviticus 26 is a very similar list. So this isn't new, but this is a repeat. And remember, there's there's very little new in Deuteronomy. It's it's a repeat, a condensing, a a re-emphasizing of the law of Moses. So these blessings and cursings are very similar back in Leviticus 26. Let me flip back there and see what we have in Leviticus 26. Just to bring ourselves up here. Leviticus 26, it's verses 1 through 45, and I, I don't know if I'll read all of it, but we're just going to uh, give a sampling of it. He says, You shall not make for yourself idols, nor shall you set up for yourselves a graven image or a sacred pillar, nor shall you place a carved stone in your land to bow down, to bow down to it, for I am Yahweh your God. You shall keep my Sabbaths and fear my sanctuary. I am Yahweh. If you walk in my statutes and keep my commandments so as to do them, then I shall give you rains in their seasons, so that the land will give forth its produce, and the trees of the field will give forth their fruit. Indeed, your threshings will, will last for you until grape gathering, and grape gathering will last until sowing time. You will thus eat your food to the full and live securely in your land. I shall also give you peace in the land, so that you may lie down, with no one making you tremble. I shall also eliminate wild beasts from the land, and no sword will pass through your land. But you will pursue your enemies, and they will fall before your sword. And five of you will pursue one hundred, and one hundred of you will pursue ten thousand, and your enemies will fall before you by the sword. So I will turn toward you, and make you fruitful and multiply, and I will confirm my covenant with you, and you will eat the old supply and clear out the old because of the new. Moreover, I will make my dwelling among you, and my soul will not loathe you. I will also walk among you and be your God, and you shall be my people. 
I am Yahweh your God who brought you out of the land of Egypt so that I, you would not be their slaves. And I broke the yoke, broke the bars of your yoke and made you walk erect. So now as I read from Deuteronomy 28, listen to the similarities. Picking back up in verse 3. Blessed shall you be in the city and blessed shall you be in the field. Blessed shall be the offspring of your body and the produce of your ground and the offspring of your beasts and the increase of your herd and the young of your flock. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. Yahweh shall cause your enemies to rise up against you to be defeated before you. They will come out against you one way and will flee before you seven ways. Yahweh will command the blessing upon you in your barns and in all that you send forth your hand to do, and he will bless you in the land which Yahweh your God gives you. Yahweh will establish you as a holy people to himself, as he swore to you. If you keep the commandments of Yahweh your God and walk in his ways, so all the people of the earth will see that you are called by the name of Yahweh, and they will be afraid of you. And Yahweh will make you abound in prosperity in the offspring of your body and in the offspring of your beast and in the produce of your ground in the land which Yahweh swore to your fathers to give you. Yahweh will open for you his good storehouse, the heavens, to give rain to you, to give rain to your land in its season and to bless all the work of your hand. And you shall lend to many nations, but you shall not borrow. And Yahweh will make you the head and not the tail, and you will only and you only will be above, and you will not be underneath, if you listen to the commandments of Yahweh your God, which I am commanding you today to keep and to do. And do not turn aside from any of the words which I am commanding you today, to the right or to the left, to walk after other gods to serve them. So we see here once again that the covenant made at Sinai, which is being reestablished in Deuteronomy, the covenant made at Sinai is temporal and conditional. It's temporal in that it takes place on earth in time. It is not a promise for eternity. It is a promise for earthly prosperity in the land. And it is conditional. If you obey God's laws and worship God only, you will be prosperous in the land and all will go well for you. So very much, you know, he says, fully obey Yahweh your God. That's what it says. If you diligently listen to the voice of Yahweh your God, being careful to do all of his commandments, you know, fully obey God. There's a need for complete obedience. This was, you know, a call to worship God and to walk with him. And he says, if you do that, you will be set high above all the nations of the earth. There's a preeminent place that Israel would receive for keeping these commandments. Now, I believe that preeminent place still awaits. We are talking about the millennial kingdom with the Lord Jesus Christ on the throne of David, ruling Israel and ruling the world from Israel. And in that case, Israel is going to be the capital of an earthly kingdom that spans the entire globe. Uh, 
I, I firmly believe that's what the scriptures teach. And so that, that Israel being set high above all the nations is yet to come. But there have been glimpses of it throughout Israel's history, uh, especially during the reign of Solomon. Solomon was so renowned for his wisdom and, and his kingdom was rich and powerful. And all the kingdoms around looked to Israel at that, at that time. Um, but the, the, the condition for getting all of this blessing was obedience to the Lord. So, as I said, this is ultimately going to come to pass during the millennial kingdom. Um, and you can see that in, in Zechariah, you can see that in Revelation, you can see that in other places, uh, Isaiah, Ezekiel, excuse me. Um, the promises of the millennial kingdom are throughout the scripture, Old and New Testament. And it's an important thing. I mean, if you, if you really read the, the Olivet Discourse, you'll, you'll get a glimpse of that. Um, we're, we are just given glimpses. Well, this is one of those glimpses of what it's going to be like during the millennial kingdom. And then he says, you know, you're going to be blessed if you do all these things. You're going to be blessed in the city, blessed in the field. That's going to be, you know, you're going to be prosperous in business. You're going to be prosperous in farming. You're going to be blessed in the offspring of your body. You're going to have a lot of children. Children are a blessing from the Lord. That's one of the things that uh, modern society has lost sight of. Children are looked upon as a burden. Children are a blessing. And I will admit, in a lot of ways, I wish I'd had more children when I was younger. Because I had, I, I was looking at it from a worldly point of view. Some of the things that affected my decision to only have one child. Um, I, I had bought into the Malthusian population stuff. You know, I had, I had, listen to all of that stuff. And that was all vaguely, you know, the earth has too many people. We shouldn't have a bunch of kids. I had bought into the worldly idea that, um, you know, having a bunch of children would keep me from doing things that I wanted to do. And, you know, looking back on it now, I wished I had a passel of kids. Um, when I do premarital counseling, I go through that. And I tell young couples, have a lot of kids and start as soon as you're married. I think that's God's plan. If, you know, that, you know, and, and obviously it's, you know, be open to having children. This is important. Um, and I'm very happy to see that many of the couples that I have married have taken that advice. <laughs> um, and it's, it's fun to get a, get another notice. Hey, we're going to have another kid. It, it's, it's great. Um, one couple I married is about to have twins. <laughs> so we're, we're, we're excited about that. So these blessings blessed in your body, the blessed in the offspring, you know, you're going to have children blessed shall be the produce of your ground. Your, your farm is going to produce you're going to have bountiful crops, which will enable you to eat well and live well. And remember, in an ag agrarian society, wealth is measured by land and produce. 
Yeah. Crops and herds. And how many how many animals you have, how much land you have, how much food you produce is the measure of wealth. Nobody had banks accounts. Banks hadn't been invented yet. I said, blessed shall be the offspring of your beasts, so your herd, you know, the increase of your herd and the young of your flock. So you're going to have cattle and you're going to have sheep and you're going to have goats. So you're going to have plenty of meat. You're going to have grain. You're going to have grapes. So you're going to have plenty of bread and wine and meat and cheese and all of the things that you want to just sit down and chow down on. It's going to be bountiful because God is blessing the nation because of their obedience to the law of God. Blessed shall be your basket and your kneading bowl. Um, this is referring to, you know, bread, you know, your bread basket. Kneading bowl is where you make bread. Um, just, you know, all sorts of things. And then blessed shall you be when you come in and blessed shall you be when you go out. This is a way of expressing you'll be blessed in everyday life. You get up, you go out, you come in, you're doing your, you know, now it, it says come in and then go out. Because remember the, the day on the Jewish calendar began, began at sunset. So as the day was beginning, you're coming in from your work. And then the next morning you go out to do your work. So everyday activities of life, you know, going in, coming out, going through your routine, you're going to be blessed because you're obedient to God. And can I be honest? I think the principles here still apply. It's, it's not, you know, it's not in a name it and claim it prosperity gospel sense, you know. Just because you're a Christian, you don't get to be a millionaire and, and, you know, live in the big house and fly the private jets. Um, but your day-to-day -day life, if you are an obedient Christian, your day-to-day -day life will be blessed even under persecution. Look at the passage we just read about Joseph. You know, he was a slave in Potiphar's household and he was blessed. And not only was he blessed, Potiphar was blessed because he put Joseph in charge of the house. Joseph was obedient to God, and God blessed you know, Potiphar's house. But Joseph was still a slave. Then, you know, Joseph gets lied about, falsely accused, and sent to prison. And God blesses him in prison. So, Blessings from God don't always look like we would think they do. In that God, now God eventually would get him out of prison, but he spent years there, folks. Falsely accused, locked up in prison for a long time after being sold into slavery for a long time. Yet, God blessed him. He was blessed. It didn't remove him from prison, but it made him as prosperous in prison as it's possible to be. So you could be a very blessed poor person. You're going to have enough to get by. Says, you know, 
I've never seen in the Psalms, it says, I've never seen God's people begging bread. There's, there's a, there is some truth to the principle of trying to live an obedient, holy life resulting in temporal, worldly blessings. This is not a way of salvation. The only way to salvation is to repent of your sins and come by faith alone to Christ alone. It's God's grace alone that saves us. That's the only way of salvation. This was never a covenant of salvation. This is a covenant of earthly blessing. And while it's specifically given to Israel, and we can't in that sense claim these promises, at the same time, the principle of God blessing those who strive to be obedient to him still holds true. Um, although you may end up getting torn apart by beasts and all of that, you know, Hebrews 11, right? We know that God's blessings don't always work out the way we think they ought to. But I, I guarantee you those prophets that were ripped asunder and fed to beasts and all of that stuff, they were blessed by God. The Christians that were fed to the lions in the Roman Colosseum were blessed by God. And, and you know, the blessings are not the uh, current, <laughs> the blessings are not uh, um, the blessings that the earth would always consider to be blessings. So Yahweh is going to cause your enemies who rise up against you to be defeated before you. This is a national promise that Israel would be, would be given military superiority so that they could dwell peacefully on the land. You know, you're, as long as you're living obedient lives, God is telling Israel, you're not going to be conquered by foreign nations. All of this is laid out that God is going to do all of this. And again, some of it is, again, you know, millennial kingdom stuff. So this is important. Um, you know, Yahweh will make you the head and not your tail. Uh, you know, all of these things. He's going to walk with you. And be your God, and I will be your God, and you will be your people. All of this, these promises given to Israel will come through. And, and we know that because later in these chapters, we say when all these things happen to you, the blessings and the cursings. So Israel was to be a leader over the nations. That's the head, not the tail thing. They were not to be subjection to other nations, you know. There'll be a head, not the tail. The tail works for the head, not the other way around. So this was all important. So the, the blessings outline what Israel would receive by being obedient to God. I'm going to save the curses for tomorrow. And we will start to dig into the curses and look at what God says he is going to do to Israel when they disobey. Um, there is a price to be paid for not loving and walking with God. And we will look at that tomorrow. All right.
scroll down through all of these notes and get to the Apostles' Creed. I have a lot of notes. <laughs> all right, here we go. The Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, his only Son, our Lord. He was conceived by the Holy Spirit and born of the Virgin Mary. He suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died, and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day, he rose again. He ascended into heaven and is seated at the right hand of the Father. He will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. A colic for the fifth Sunday after Epiphany, which was the 4th of February. Almighty God, through the outpouring of the Holy Spirit, you revealed the way of eternal life to every race and nation. Pour out this gift anew, that by the preaching of the gospel, your salvation may reach to the ends of the earth through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the unity of the Holy Spirit, one God, forever and ever. Amen. And the Collect for Peace. O God, the author of peace and lover of concord, to know you is eternal life and to serve you is perfect freedom. Defend us, your humble servants, in all assaults of our enemies, that we, surely trusting in your defense, may not fear the power of any adversaries, through the might of Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. And for the unrepentant we pray. Merciful God, you desire not the death of sinners, but rather that they should turn to you and live. And through your only Son, you have revealed yourself as the God who pardons iniquity. Have mercy on the unrepentant and those who do not believe. Awaken in them by your word and Holy Spirit a deep sense of their sinfulness and peril. Take from them all ignorance, hardness of heart, and contempt of your word. Grant them to know and feel that there is no other name under heaven given among men by which they must be saved, but only the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so bring them home and number them among your children, that they may be yours forever. Through Jesus Christ our Lord, who lives and reigns with you in the Holy Spirit, one God, world without end. Amen. All right, folks, this is Squirrel Chatter for this Tuesday, the 6th day of February. I almost said the 5th. 6th day of February. Hope you have a great day. Um, as I said, I got to go talk Mrs. Squirrel into going out for breakfast. We'll see how that works. <laughs> All right. As you go through the day, remember, do the things you ought to do. Don't do the things you ought not do. Whatever you do, do it for the glory of the Lord. We'll see you again here tomorrow for another episode of Squirrel Chatter. Take care. God bless. Squirrel Chatter is recorded in front of a live studio hamster.